Hello and thanks for watching or listening to us yet again. This is VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. We're on episode 114. Um, as always, we ask you to leave us a nice review on YouTube or iTunes. That helps, helps push us up those charts a bit, especially iTunes where we seem to do pretty well when these chart things get suddenly appear. Um, you know me, Steve. You know John Evans. Uh, tonight's um, special guest, chap who needs no introduction. We bring him on three or four times a year. This is his second appearance this year. Steve Wood, the chief of VIP. How are you, Woodster? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Had a couple of nice days in Cardiff, relaxing, enjoying the show, which I wasn't doing. So uh, just put some fancy gear on, as you say, and turn up. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, we didn't, we couldn't miss you in the crowd there, could we? With that Rupert the Bear check, check jacket you had on. <laughs> Now, I, I'm only thinking your your wife, Lynn, sent you to Primarni the day before. I got some on. Go on, Steve. Hey, Steve, yeah, yeah right. I've seen um, Josh, Josh Warrington's not one of our topics today, but it was a Cardina fight, wasn't it? It's a brilliant fight. And then the rumours started coming out with Cardina Warrington, with her Jazza Warrington. Tell everybody listening what's going on there with Josh. I've heard Pitufo Diaz as well. We're going to speak to Cordina later on, so just tell us, Josh, mate, what's the latest? Because Jazza Dickens thinks you're all ducking him. (laughs) No, no. Situation on on that one is that we'd been promised for the Lara fight for six weeks. We were told Leeds was was booked May the 29th, and then we started uh, hearing the bongo drums that we weren't getting it, and uh, unfortunately, me and Josh knew two days before we were told by Matchroom that, that we'd lost that fight, that Josh had been told he was having at Leeds on May the 29th and uh, he'd been working to him training for six weeks. So um, what we've been told is that, um, that um, Lee Woods had the rematch clause and insisted that he had to be for him, even though we'd agreed that... Uh, if we won, we would fight Lee Woods next. And uh, there was a situation where the mandatory might be put on us. And we said, look, we'll vacate to get this fight over the line and, and fight Lee Woods next. You know, we've said we'd fight him and we will do so. As far as we were concerned, that was done. And then uh, it was like, well, it's not fair that we've not been active. We need a date. The offer is June the 10th in London, which is still on offer. But opponent-wise... Um, you know, Jazza was mentioned, but um, he's, he's on the don't want him list. And uh, Christopher Diaz was mentioned as well. And he was on, we don't need him, you know, when we're just getting ready for um, a big world title fight. So at the moment, we're just looking to see if we can get opponent for June the 10th. Um, I've given him a couple of names. One, we might have to go to American fight, which would be uh, another massive fight. Um, but that's what Josh wants to get involved in. He wants to be in big fights and uh, he might be have to sit out and wait for the Lara and Woods. But we're not over keen on it because we just wasted a long time waiting for it when we were told we were getting it. We didn't get it. So uh, some, some talk's going on, but hopefully uh, Eddie and Frank Smith deliver for us. And uh, Steve, four will you go on VIP boxing? Is it a few more shows this, and then a break for the summer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I've decided we'll just do two two shows a month now. When we did those four in one month, was just too hard for everyone. But we had to get everyone out, and uh, now we're uh, two two in May, two in June, two in July, and um, we're gonna have August off, mate. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, then. Well, uh, 
Now we've, we've got you here at the talk boxing, Steve, tonight. John, you've got your bell, your clock, and everything there, mate. All ready, ready to yeah. go. And there's only one place you can start, and that's where, um, Steve, you're just going to start this here about the, ta the tank versus Garcia at the weekend. What a great event, what a great fight. Well, was it a great fight? I, I mean, that, it. that's that's what I'm wanting to talk about is that, you know, you you've, you kind of follow the hype sometimes. And I was saying, I think once on this podcast now, that that was one of the fights that I really looked forward to. And I actually fancied Garcia keeping it long, um, getting a big lead and hopefully holding on, on for it because I'd rather him have won than, than, than Tank. But um, the, the thing is, you know, for me saying there's not many fights that are get me out of England on a plane over to America. That was one of them. And um, Sunday afternoon, going home on the train from Cardiff, I was um, pretty glad I was on the train and not a plane coming back from Vegas because um, it would have been a wasted trip. I think the build-up was fantastic for it and I'd have been in the way and, and soaked it all up. But I was disappointed in the fight, mate. Yeah. You know what? I I'm going to go against you, Steve. I, lo I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I loved the way they both sold the fight, I loved Tank's performance was brilliant. Um, you know, Davis took his defeat. Sorry, um, yeah, the Davis took his defeat like a man. Uh, sorry, Garcia took his defeat like an like a man. And um, I loved the fight. I loved everything around it, and I thought his performance of the Tank. I thought it was in awesome, absolutely awesome, John. We've been big on Tank for a bit, haven't we? I, I, yeah. I thought he was. I knew he was going to win. Um, but do you know what it showed? I thought it showed someone who's an out and out natural fighter against someone who can probably looks incredible on pads and really good in the gym. Tank was just a he was just better all around, wasn't he? He took his time, he didn't panic, he he, he figured Garcia out in about three minutes and then just I thought just beat him up really. I thought it was might not have been spectacular every round, but I thought it was a pretty one sided yeah. fight. Yeah, it was, but you could, as I still loved it. You look at the first knockdown, how perfectly he set that up. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying disappointed me was like, what you just said. It was one-sided. I didn't, didn't expect it to be. I mean, um, I thought it would be a, a very, very close competitive fight, swinging and ebbing and uh, flowing different ways. But um, like, like you say, after the first round, he, he, he took over and... Um, Boss, boss the fight, so uh, wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, there was like level. You could see levels to it, couldn't you? It was, it was weird. Although they built it up as this big super fight between two, you know, two up and comers. I, I, I'm like you, Steve. I, Lilis, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good, but I was watching it for Tank rather than it being a, a brilliant fight. You know what? You know, Garcia, you know, a lot of people, you know, like always, you get written off up, written off after a defeat. There's still a good future for him. I think at light well away is war, super lightweight, as they call it now. That's very future. He's big enough to go up and has got the frame, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's only 23. And, you know, we're hearing stories now since. I mean, on the night, like you say, he took the defeat very well. He never complained about the rehydration clause, which he had to do. And, uh, there was no mention of, of the injury which uh, has come out since from a sparring partner who, who damaged his ribs in sparring with, with a similar shot to what uh, Tank hit him with. Yeah, I mean, he's saying there was a mole and all that in the camp leaking that, but that, that's happened so often. There's stories of, you know, you go to America and that you've, you've already gone back to the Lewis days and someone would say, 
I heard about you sparring so-and-so and him hurting you and all that sort of stuff. It just happens. It's part of the boxing that's always mm-hmm. going to be here. He didn't need to even bring that up. You know, the right. way he said... He took it well. Yeah. Are we out of time there, John? Yeah, we're out of time. Oh, well, well, time. You, you ignored the bell. Oh, I didn't oh. hear it. You're going to have to show that bell. <laughs> that O's going to be doing his pieces. Well, he won't now because the boss man who pays him is there. That Leo, that Leo and he'll be doing his pieces. Are you right? Thanks, Shakur. John? Yeah, I just hope that I think this now, Tank and Shakur, I think this is this is the big fight we'll get in the next few years. This is the one, you know. But there's so many um, similarities between Mayweather and Pacquiao. You've got Mayweather promotions and top rank. You've got an aggressive Southpaw against the master boxer. There may be slight differences. I think Shakur is all about fighting. I think Shakur really wants to fight. Um, I just hope this isn't a fight that slips by. This has got everything. This this is as good as it gets, I think, Shakur yeah. and Tank. They're both similar ages. They're both at their absolute peaks. They're both going to become the men to beat at lightweight, I think. And please don't let egos get in the way of this one and don't let it happen when they're past the best. If well, Shakur Tank happens in the next 18 months, I think this is a... I, I, I can't think of a bigger fight. But you know what? Mayweather Pacquiao, we got that six years too late. That should have been happening around the time um, Pacquiao beat Hatton. And, uh, Pacquiao beat Hatton. Around that time, that's when that should have been happening. You know what? Um, I think the only... I think Shackle's the only person that can really challenge Tank. Haney could possibly outbox him for long periods, but... I think the only other thing that can beat Tank, maybe apart from Shakur, I'm not saying he will, is if he moves through weights, is his size. It was like yeah. Lomachenko, still a featherweight size would beat him in the end. And I think that's the only thing that's ever going to beat him right now, is size, apart from Shakur. And Shakur will give him that fight. But you know what? We talk about super fights. And how big will it be, you think? Because... We, we haven't got that mainstream audience in boxing anymore. It's so fragmented with different broadcasters. Yeah. Like tank, a few... tank, crack, tank cracked it at weekend. Yeah. But it, let's just hope it, yeah, he can cross over now um, to them people like like, Packett, like Mayweather. It took, took Mayweather years and years to become a superstar. Well, they're talking at the 650,000 pay-per-views, aren't they, with that fight? And obviously, Garcia played a big part into it with the... Uh, social media following he's got and like you were saying with the crossover box and he's one of the few that, that's got the social media following that um, you miss hit boxes have but um, I think the fact that Shaka over the next couple of performances will have grown into lightweight and I think um, proving his ability will build it into a bigger fight than the Garcia than Tank was and so I think David Shaka Stevenson is like John says, a, a fight, a must fight that everybody wants to see because who I've been talking to a boxing and saying like the only person who could possibly beat him and they're not sure if he would do is is um is Shaka Stevenson and obviously I've followed him since he was a featherweight because he was on the list for the a potential opponent for Josh Warrington at featherweight but he went to super feather and uh, quickly went moved up to, to lightweight and. Uh, Everyone you speak to about him um, adores him in the gyms, don't they? Yeah, it's incredible to, incredible to think that he come over and fought Ryan Walsh, Liam Walsh and it was people thinking Liam would beat him. Incredible, oh, yeah. anyway. Yeah, down, down at the Copper Box that night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, a, that, that was seen as a 50-50 coin toss. Yeah, round three. Um, I don't know if you guys, you was busy in Cardiff. I don't know how you was watching. There was an absolutely 
damn awful show on Sky Saturday night. One of the worst I've ever seen. Absolutely shameful what Boxer put on there Saturday night. But there was Martin Bacoli. Um, I don't know if you saw his fight against the guy um, Sky called the Hulk, Shevardzutsky. He looked a real handful in that fight. Shevardzutsky would have been acceptable for most British heavyweights. He was 10 and 0 and beating some semi names on there. But you know what? Bacoli looked an absolute handful in how he dismantled him. You know, 20 stone through his shots. And you know what? He lost to a man, Michael Hunter, eight fights ago, four and a half years ago, who was like the, the who needs him. Bacoli looked like the who needs him of the heavyweight division. If you look at him now, you know, he's got size. He's on a roll. He's won about eight or nine since that, that setback against Hunter when people questioned his heart. Um, he's now the heavyweight who needs him because you look at him, he brings excitement, but what else does he bring to the table? He's not a ticket seller. He's an African who lives in Scotland, you know, who lives a nice life in Scotland, I dare say, but nobody, he hasn't got that X factor to bring to the table that would sell tickets and make him a draw. Him, Him versus Zhang would be something else, wouldn't it? Well, I, I didn't see the fight on um, Saturday, but I've seen a bit of McCauley and uh, I've been listening to the uh, the rumours of his sparring. So, uh, if he's as good as he's saying in the sparring, um, he'd be the unified champion of the world. Now, wouldn't he, you know? So, uh, no, I, I'm not having it with him. I, I think when he when he steps up and has a, a test, he, get, he, get, he gets beaten. It's hard. I remember, I think it was on a, a Friday night, BBC show, wasn't it, or something uh, when he fought Hunter and Billy had to kick him out into the, the corner because he said he had a sore shoulder and, you know, it's hard to forget about that, isn't it? That, that's what I kind of remember Bacola with, so uh, I think, you know, we can find out this is good as you say because obviously Boxer and Sky are desperate for um, an heavyweight success and I know we're going to speak about one in, in a bit who potentially could be one in Fraser Clark but, you know, this kid can't turn anyone down, so they can chuck him in. So I think they've got to invest in him and find out if, if, if he can be the man that they, they desperately need. And um, I don't think he will be, but, you know, he's like entertaining him and Dillian White having a, a shout-out match at each other, WWE and all. But, um, no, listen, good luck to him. He, he's, he's uprooted his life in Africa and gone living in, in Scotland. And um, I, hope he, I hope he makes it. I just don't think he will. Oh, John. No, we never got John's Bacoli opinion. No, I'd side more with Woody. Um, right, and right. Fingers I'm... crossed they make that Dillian White fight because that'll sink or swim, isn't it? Yeah. Right, Woody, Battle of Britain, Cordina Zelfra. Come on, tell us it's happening. Give us some, an exclusive. Well, I was telling you before that we'd made the fight for um, Josh and Lara, and that didn't happen, but um, we, we was... Um, told that if we win on Saturday night and um, whoever won the final, we've got the uh, the world title next. So uh, as I'm, I'm sat here now, nothing signed and uh, confirmed, but we've been told that uh, Self and Barrett's next fight will be for the world title against Joe Cardina. So um, I was just a bit disappointed on Saturday that he was like four fights away from the top of the bill. I thought they should have used him just before the fight, fight between Cardina and uh, Rakimov and then uh, more eyes would have been on him and it would have been him 
better for the for the fight when they come together. But um, apart from that, two good performances. You know, uh, Zelfa was was punched perfect. Maybe criticise him a little bit because he he didn't finish the show off after uh, putting him down early and, and hurt him a few times. But you could say the same with, with Cardina. You know, you know, Rakimov was absolutely gone at the end of the second, struggling on his feet to walk at the start of the third. Yet he went on. Um, to push him in a very, very close fight, you know, um, you know, I had it even, but for the knockdown for him, so that's how close that was, and he looked like he was going to get him out of there. So both of them, fantastic performances, but a little uh, thing about not finishing them off. Yeah, Zel, Zel, I tell you, it did do. It showed how good Zelfa was when first six rounds against Rakimov, didn't it? Oh, that today, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was really, really good. Zelfa had had it his own way for six rounds against Rakimov. Cardina was in a right fight. All the way through, but yeah, I, how good was Zelfa as well? You know, coming back from that defeat, having his heart broke a little bit, but he looked better than he's ever looked. I thought, you know, the way he was punt, he wasn't using up all his ammunition and tiring out. He was, he kept that power and kept that speed right the way through the fight, which is something he's he struggled with a couple of times, isn't it? He yeah. slowed down a little bit, but I, I thought Zelfa was brilliant, and I, I can't wait for that fight. It's a real yeah. sharp shooters fight, isn't it, him and Cardina? Yeah, I just hope that they don't go and do a unification with Garcia or Navarrete or somebody. You know, I just hope that doesn't happen because it's the fight we want. And uh, that that the other night, get that Zelfa's performance should give you the appetite. And I get what Steve says about him being close at the bill to help sell the fight. But yeah, Zelfa was fantastic the other night. And as you say, John, I've, in the past, he's faded late in, in fights, certainly in Rackham off the first one. And I, I, I've said on this podcast, I've always wondered if she should be at lightweight. But there you go, the other night, all credit to him. It was a great performance. And it's incredible after all these years as a pro now, because he's been a pro about a decade, I think, Zelfa, yeah. maybe longer, that he's still doing this weight. It's incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. John, over to you. Get it made. What, what's what's oh, got to be made? Stop fucking about with this British heavyweight God, title. Here he goes. Jesus Christ. We, we're having arguments about A-sides, TV channels, purse negotiations. It's novice heavyweights. Adelaide. Wardley's done well. Fraser Clark. Just get the fights made. Jesus Christ. The division, it's just bogging down, isn't it, with all these people and their egos and stuff. For fighting for a British heavyweight title. Get the fights made. Whoever comes through this British title scene, move on. But this toing and throwing and taking forever to negotiate these British titles, it's, it's driving me mad. Driving me mad. Yeah. Listen, it could end up being a massive first bid, couldn't it? Because yeah. uh, Boxer and Sky will want the fight. And um, Eddie and Dizon will want the fight. And it's already building up nicely with the, the games that they're already playing, saying it'll be on our terms and this and that. It won't be. It's a British title that's been mandated by the British Boxing Board of Control. It's going out for purse bids. If they can't make a deal, and I'm sure they won't because they both want it, put the big envelope in. Whoever wins, get the fight on and let us all see a good British yeah. title fight. Because, as you say, I mean, he's only had six fights. I don't understand how the boxing board of control and mandated him for it, but fair play, they've done it. Everyone wants to see it. The both boxers saying they want to do it. Yeah, stop pissing around. Put your envelope in. put it. I've got no problem with him being mandated. You know what? He's he's fought. Obviously, yeah, David Adelaide was the other person people were talking about being put put in front of him, but. 
you know what? I think he deserves a nod. But, you know, they've all sim- very similar style of opponents. I think Camel's Sosanowski might be the only common opponent. And uh, you can argue Clark's opposition has been better. But, you know what? As an amateur, he boxed. You know, it shouldn't be clear. He boxed at a higher level as an amateur. WSB, was it a bronze in the Olympics? I think he medaled at the European Championships, which are really hard to win. I've got no problem. What I'm scared of is you talk about egos in boxing, which I think we're going to carry on within a minute that could stop something. If whoever loses this, this depressed pulls their man out. That's the sort of thing that would really piss me off because then you're only holding the title up even more while Adelaide, get, Adelaide must probably gets nominated to fight the fight for it. That, yeah. that That's my big fear here. because We've seen that so often in boxing, but I'm with you, John, just get it made. It's, you know, get, get, get Wardley Clark made. You could, you could even talking last week. If, 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 uh, Wardley's people win the purse bid. Um, Eddie Young going to Ipswich football ground with it. Yeah, just get it needs to be done this summer. And in the, if if they get moving, you could have Wardley Clark. You could have Adelaide against the winner. You can have Solomon Dakers against the loser. And all of a sudden, you've got you're getting to see the people who might actually be able to do it at a higher level. But all this messing about it it, it just parks up the sport, doesn't it? Parks up the belts and parks up the sport. Um, final round. Then. Hell, John. Yeah. Invoice. <laughs> um, round six. This dream of this great heavyweight matchups in the desert in Saudi. Wilder against AJ Tyson against Usyk. If this is pulled off by the various people, it's most probably the greatest coup in heavyweight boxing history. If this Saudi Arabia thing comes off, um, but. I know there's going to be trillions of money. I mean, the people who are putting this together must ship money because they got that much of it. But how hard can you realistically see it happening in December? You've got rival broadcasters, promoters that don't like each other having to sit round at the table. There is so much to do. And I, I, I'm really sceptical this gets all done for December. And again, I'm more, I'm more concerned that while these talks be going on for another month or so, and they're like in a, a may fall apart, you're just parking up the division even more with people waiting. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is that much money involved in this that they can't blow it. You know, it'd be impossible to blow this one. So there's supposed to be four of them fighting in December, and then two back fighting there in March in the uh, unification fighting. So uh, I think there's that much money that. They'll just own the rights to everything the Saudis, and then oh, right. they'll get the rights to sell the the the, um, the the TV to whoever they decide they want to, or the highest bidder. Right. So I think chuck all that going. I think from the numbers I'm hearing, it's impossible for this not to happen. And, and what what a great night too on the same night, and then the, the two winners going to fight again each other in March. Um, yeah. I'm uh, so I'm saying it's going to happen, and I know that normally you would say somebody's going to come and balls this up, but um, money talks, and I think on this one they're going to pull it off. Oh, so that's incredible, Steve. You said that because now you said the Saudis have all the rights. That cuts out the TV issues, John. Steve, are you going to charge him a little fee for nicking your idea from the uh, area title tournament you put on? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just let one of my lads go on the undercard, and we'll be happy. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you, I'll, like you just said then, I'm glad we're not staggering it. I'm glad we're doing it in one night. That'll be the biggest event I can I can think of oh. for years. Two you know, big fights you know on the same card. That's... 
I think, like Steve said, the biggest night ever, you know, and everyone still talks about the rumble in the jungle, don't they? You know, uh, that that's just historic and um, in, in a legend status with the films and books and everything that's come out of it. And I think this will be up there and probably surpass it. You know, you don't need an undercard. You could just have the two fights on card. Yeah. That, that would what, make what, it even what, more. What, what's the ideal final then? What do you think is the ideal final? Ideal final for me, because the British would be Fury Joshua finally happening. That for me, because of what it means in this country. I don't give a fuck about the rest of the world, be honest with you, yeah. in boxing. What's the, what about the worst outcome? Usyk Joshua. Usyk Joshua, <laughs> but yeah. Because I'd watch Fury Wilder fight every week. Fury, well, Fury, well, Usyk Joshua is, is the one because he's beating him. So Why comprehensively turned out, he's got him physically, he's, he's and he's got him spooked mentally. You yeah. know, I, I, you know, I think it'd be Fury Usyk, but I want it to be Fury Joshua. Yeah, yeah. but if you if you think Usyk had him mentally, what do you think Tyson would do with him? I think Fury would unravel him before he got to the uh, the press conference. You know, <laughs> it'd be in bits mentally. But we and we're also going to get to see the best fight. The best matchup out of them all is Wilder Joshua, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is one of those things where you know I'm not. I, I, I get what you say about the Rumble in the Jungle, but the reason we had so many books about that was the background of that journalist being out there for six weeks waiting for the fight to go on and the whole story of it. Whereas, you know, Saudi Arabia would just be right going there, they're plonking up an arena, you fight and go home. Mm. I think with Fury Wilder and them out there, you might find a little bit of fun. Yeah. Good. Be good. Well, you know what? You've given me a bit more hope for it. Do you, before we go, John, do you think it comes off? Well, what he's um, what he's hard, trust what he's he's got the inside track. If Steve has heard that there's a good there's so much money in it, then yeah, I'll I'll go with Woody. But boxing tells you no, someone will fuck it up. Someone <laughs> will do right. something. Oh, you know what? I'm so you know, it must be because I'm a fucking dinosaur now, because I'm so cynical about everything in boxing, you know. Guys, you've only been a matchmaker about six months, you oh mate, I'll tell you what, mate. You you've given me Woody the most stressful job ever, mate, with weights yeah. and all that, and he's got to lose a pound and all that. Two weeks into you selling out what a great job it was, and I was nah, telling you. Basically, he has a fucking heart attack and his hairs fell out. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's okay. It's, it's all right. Anyway, fellas, thanks for coming on. Woody, we'll get you back on after the summer break to tell us about what's coming up on VIP the last three months of the year. John, thanks as always for coming on. I'll let you go as well now and do whatever you're doing with that with Lloyd, your, your beautiful bulldog there, British bulldog. And uh, thanks everyone else for watching or listening and we'll see you all next week. We might try and get um, Ryan, um, Lee, Ryan Walsh on next week, who's always a good guest. Yeah. Thanks very yeah, much. Cheers then. Thanks, Steve. Cheers, John. Info, news and latest interviews. Amateur and pro across and off. Click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.